just a waste of time. Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast where we cover the A&E show Bates Motel. Today we are going to be covering Season 5, Episode 4, Hidden. I'm Sue. I'm Em. Mama's gonna put all of her fears into you. Mama's gonna keep you right here under her wing. She won't let you fly, but she might let you sing. Mama's gonna keep baby cozy and warm. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, another fine episode. It was. Some pivotal stuff happened. Yeah, and it felt like a important, like, turn in the season. Yes. Yes. Some uh, important stuff between Norma and Norman happened. (laughs) (laughs) There was some stuff I thought of as kind of clunky, too, but we'll talk about that. Yes. I wonder <laughs> if it's the same thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, does that have to do with the sheriff? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. The sheriff. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, should we start with feedback then? Always. Okay. Our first comment card comes from Julia, and the subject is hidden for now. Uh, she says, boy, am I excited now. This episode slowed things down a bit. Well, not that much, haha. I moved all the storylines closer, that much closer to the original Psycho. It was fun to watch Mother slowly take over more and more of Norman's mind as the episode progressed, bit by bit, getting nearer and nearer to the inevitable end we know is coming. Now some random thoughts on the episode. Uh, Chick telling Norman to wipe his feet, (laughs) as if his horrendous mobile home wasn't in an actual junkyard. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, here are the groceries. Just make sure you wash off the Caleb corpse residue before you eat the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You have to like grab the grocery bag from behind a body. (laughs) Um, She says, R.I.P. Caleb. And ripped Caleb. (laughs) Kenny Johnson. That dude's got some muscles. (laughs) Am I discussing person for noticing that? I mean, it's Caleb's dead body. That's grosser than live Caleb. Ew, I feel so dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was listening. He did like a live chat on Facebook yesterday. Oh. And I just happened to catch it. I think Bates Motel might have sent me a little notification that it was happening. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like a arm wrestling champion. 
Oh, is he? I think, you know, I think I've heard that some. Like a legit one. Yeah, yeah. Like competitions and stuff. Like competition. Yeah, so he's. I I think I heard that in an interview or on a Comic Con panel or something. They were joking about him like arm wrestling the other cast members and stuff. Yeah, Max Terrio, he like wiped yeah. the floor with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and I don't think Max expected it. <laughs> um. Okay, she says, since when does Norma or Norman wear glasses? I'm pretty sure never. But then again, neither of them ever spoke French, so I guess I shouldn't be too bothered. Yeah, Norma was wearing glasses to read. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly wondered if that was like putting her more in like a older lady role to him. Because it's all his mind. I mean, she didn't exist. Right. So it was almost like a subtle little... Old lady find her in his mind. It could be. I mean, it's it's weird and deliberate. <laughs> yeah, sure. And who knows? He just has. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um, uh, she says, "Ah, poor chick just got dumped by Norman." I think he deserves a spot in the mama bear bed. <laughs> he sure did. I had some of those mama bear feelings. But yeah. he also kind of has this air that he's cool with whatever and can take care of himself. But yeah, it was, I, it was awkward. It was awkward. And I think Chick's major disappointment is he's just not going to get he just wants he wants the front row seat for her yeah, yeah for his book and but i think like i was saying last time i i think he also wants to t- really legitimately take care of norman <laughs> well he's concerned and you should mm-hmm. be yeah and i've been thinking about it i mean this is a little jumping ahead a bit but when norman was asking about the car stuff and he's like what happened <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> it occurred to me that Chick really doesn't know about mother's suicide or homicidal side. This was like, yeah, that's true. I guess his first inkling that she might be dangerous. That's true. And it, I don't know why it didn't occur to me sooner, but it was kind of like, oh, it didn't occur to me either. You're right. Because Chick doesn't know anything about... All the bodies. All the bodies. He knows Wat- Miss Watson, nothing about Brad- all that. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I kind of just thought he did. Right. In my mind, that was part of the reason he was kind of being um, involved. Because he's right. like, I better keep an eye on this. But I, I don't know. Just thinking about it, that was, I think, his first... His first inkling that, oh, huh. you know, maybe this isn't just a kid who's a little crazy. There's like actual <laughs> danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know if Chick is too long for this earth I after. That too. 
Yeah. You what? I worry about that, too. Okay. Yeah, I think he's gotten too close. And Norman's now resisting it. I don't think Norman likes Chick and his mom ganging up on him. (laughs) (laughs) Even though his mom's in his mind. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, I kind of see Chick as like kind of a little Icarus thing going on, just flying a little too close. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's going to cost him his life. Which I'm sad but I kind of think it's going to happen. Um, I know. I'd... Maybe not next episode, but I think it'll happen in the next couple. Huh. I don't know. I'm 50-50. I think he could survive this series. I'm not 50-50. I'm more like mm, 70% sure he won't, maybe even 80. I'd like him to, of course, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, okay. Her next little bullet point is, hey, girl, I'm falling in love with. Here are a bunch of my dead mother's dresses who I also am in love with. Why don't you try them on? Creepiest role play ever. <laughs> That's exactly how we described it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we were discussing the creepiness of that last episode. Yep. Yep. And it was just as we described it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. At first, you know, we talked about how she ends up in his mom's dresses. And when Mm -hmm. I saw him donating to the church, I thought, oh, he's going to donate them. I bet she does shop in the thrift stores around town. And she's going to surprise him and not have no idea. That's what I thought, too, was that he donates them. Because she totally shops at thrift stores you know she does well for sure and then where else would you find a gunny sack right so (laughs) yeah i totally thought that she saw those and bought them all (laughs) 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 because yeah when i saw him put them in the box and i saw that little black and yellow one that's my favorite one of her i was like no not that one (laughs) that's the sandman dress it is i love that dress it's so cute i wish i had it (laughs) (laughs) okay she says i thought it was funny that caleb was caleb until he was dead then all of a sudden he was it put it in the car help me pick it up (laughs) i probably found that way funnier than i was supposed to (laughs) you know we had a whole conversation watching buffy when the trio accidentally kills that girl right and then after she's dead they refer to it as it and i just Mm -hmm. didn't find that weird I didn't find it objectifying. I thought, you know, once it's a body, your brain does shift. It's Yeah. It's it's a body and especially if you're not super um I want to say intimate with the body, but I, <laughs> that sounds gross. Close to the person. Close to the person. I could totally see your brain flipping it to an it now because yeah, now it. it's a corpse. Right. Yeah. I think there is a weird shift that could happen like that. Yeah. It just, I've never thought of that as weird, but a lot of people bring it up as like, oh, there's a problem here that they're referring to it, to it as it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
I guess Julia didn't find it a problem. She just found it funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, oh, brother, it's Regina, the obnoxious office lady. <laughs> she annoyed me so much back in season one. She's almost as bad as Vicky at Pineview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Julia is the one. Julia and I think a lot, a lot alike. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we both hate the same people for weird reasons. <laughs> um, speaking of season one people, Maggie Summers, I was actually really excited when I saw her. I always wish they would have done something else with her character besides have a short conversation with Romero in one scene during season one. Seems like they might have been pretty close when they were younger, and I'm looking forward to learning more about that relationship. Yeah, it was it was fun seeing her again. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've always thought when you have a best friend growing up, they're, I don't know if she's older or younger, but their sister or brother is almost as big of a part of your life. Sure. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of history there. Just Oh, yeah. When you grow up with people like that, like their siblings are kind of your siblings. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Maggie also had a conversation with Norma. Yeah. She came later in and the season. And warned her. Um, yeah. We were both happy to see Maggie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, Chick has a pet canary. Of course he does. Chick knows how to hotwire a car. Of course he does. Chick is awesome. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he knows a guy with a place and a thing. <laughs> I know. I love the way you said that. <laughs> that was such an Emily. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the pet canary threw me, I got to say. Yeah. Yep, me too. Just adds to the. I accepted it. Many <laughs> levels of of chick, you know. But it was in such a beautiful, shiny cage. <laughs> oh, that one threw me. Chick will always surprise me. Yep. Um, she says Madeline reminded me so much of Bradley this episode for some reason, like half Bradley, half Norma. I've been liking Madeline a lot, so. If, so far this season, but she bugged me this episode. I was not buying her. Oops, sorry, I forgot I was wearing this. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, Madeline. I've got I've got some interesting feelings about Madeline now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. And yeah, no buying the oops. Sorry, I forgot I was wearing this. Are you kidding me? No. That was. No. Weird. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Madeline. Yeah. Um. She says, "Let's bake a cake and then watch a movie and eat cake." Isn't that what people do with a cake after they bake it? Eat it? What else was she planning on doing with it? Madeline just read me the wrong way this episode, and I can't quite put my finger on why. I don't know. Maybe it was the Bradley resemblance, over-the-top flirty cuteness, or maybe it was the makeout session with Norman while wearing his dead mother's dress. Does she even know how wrong that is? Just nasty. <laughs> she says, anyway, this was a good one. I give it four out of five corpsey chicken breasts. <laughs> Until next week, Julie in the Razor Clam Room. 
Well, yeah, the uh, the cake thing. Yeah. <laughs> this was a time I felt like the writers were kind of pandering to us or Well, I, this was the clunky part I was talking about. Well, the, it's a little clunky for me too. The cake part and everything. Um Cuz that is something that Norma and Norman did in a previous season. Was they baked a cake and watched movies. Oh, yeah. That's something that she wanted to do. I didn't think of that. But we did. I I remember that. And she's like, and play games. And we were like, I want that day so bad. Yes, we wanted to be (laughs) over there (laughs) to do that with them. It was like a rainy day or he had just had a blackout or something. And she's like, let's just stay inside. Let's bake a cake and watch some movies and play some games. And it sounded like a fantastic day. So to have Madeline do it wearing dress, I was just like, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. And I'll talk about it when we get to the scene. But it was just. It was bad. I thought the writing was bad. and Yeah. The flirtiness was bad. She didn't remind me of Bradley at all, but... No, it, I didn't get any Bradley vibes. It just... I don't know. But, you know, Julia just like, I can't put my finger on it, but something Maybe about her... Maybe we can help you. <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, because I'm kind of there, too. It's like, I... I don't know. I I felt like they were just... Like, see how much, like, Norma she is? See, see, she wants to bake cakes and watch movies, and she's wearing a dress, and she looks like, you know, it's just like, we get it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I don't know. And was that really Madeline he was making out with, or was it Mother? Oh. <laughs> <sighs> hey. Okay. Thanks, Julia? Mm, yep. I think we already thanked her, but in okay. case we didn't. Thanks, Julia. All right, moving on to Daniel. He says, hey, Sue and M, I'll keep this short and sweet. Phew, when I saw the clip in the trailer of Chick in paganish funerary garb burning something, I figured it was a little addendum with Chick finally putting Norma's corpse to rest after the events of Psycho by cremating her on the lake. Huh. Yeah. That would have been nice, though, Daniel. <laughs> I'm so glad that wasn't what it was, since I, like Norman, am far too attached to it to be satisfied by such a thing. <laughs> what do you want to happen to Mother's body? <laughs> do you want it in your <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I think Daniel wants her in his freezer. I think so. <laughs> What a better way, after the events of Psycho, for Norma's body to be put to rest than a chick Viking funeral. (laughs) Could still happen if chick makes it. Could. That'd be a cute little callback. It would. To Caleb's body. Yeah. All right, anyway. We we are of two different minds, Daniel. (laughs) I guess she can go where she was supposed to go, back in the ground next to Norman, waiting. Well, waiting for Norman, which I suppose is what Daniel would like more. I don't know. I think Daniel likes her being a corpse in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's kind of funny. I haven't found myself wondering till now who the new sheriff was. 
you'd think I would go, oh yeah, Romero's in prison, so White Pine needs a new one. Nope. I guess it goes to show how little I'm invested in the continuity of the town. Although I did sort of always feel like there was a mystery about Maggie Summers, and we might see her again. I never really thought about it either. <laughs> I didn't either. I, but I'm also not really, at this point, this stuff going on in the house is way more interesting than anything that could be going on in White Pine Bay in the sheriff's yep. apartment. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just figure that's just all working itself out. Yep. Starting to feel like Madeline knows exactly what she wants and is plain innocent. It seems plainly obvious he has a huge hang-up on his mother, going on about how youthful and beautiful she was. He even wants to wear her clothes, and it's and it amazingly doesn't creep her out. That's a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> Greets him at the door in his mother's hottest dress, and she's the one to make a move and kiss him. Yeah. I I am getting that vibe too that she gets that that's the way to like get him the way to his heart yeah and that is yeah creepy. it is and an interesting she has no idea how much she looks like Norma unless she's done some I don't know Google imaging and found a picture or something somewhere I don't know yeah I wouldn't see her doing that until she like actually saw the dresses and then I wonder if she like got like into a Norma rabbit hole or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You think you kind of would, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) You would. Um, And I thought it was entirely appropriate that she's the one that made the move and kiss him since she was married. (laughs) And he's like, he's got to be like seven, eight years younger than her. Um, I guess. Five to seven. Maybe five. She's like 27, 28, and he's like 20, 21. Well. Is kind of my guess. He was, he was virtually in high school two years or less ago, right? Right. So he just can't be older than 20. I'm, which is weird because he's, you know, ordering wine around town and drinking yeah. at the bar. Yeah, but it's White Pine Bay. I mean, they, yeah. their income was weed. <laughs> they're, I guess they're not too big on carding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I felt as the woman that would be doing the affair, she should probably make the first move. I agree. I believe a gentleman... That's the way a gentleman would act. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, you know, in the, like, some weird uh, etiquette to affairs. <laughs> if there's some sort of etiquette to affairs, which I guess there would be. Well, there's that be. is one of them. The married, mo- the married, the married person, person should make the first move. Which yeah. <laughs> is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it should be. Yep. <laughs> um, the ending felt a little too ambiguous to me. I'm not okay. Not sure what exactly was happening or if it means something dramatic. Why couldn't he find Mother? Why did he suddenly snap to the familiar psycho stare? Was him running away perhaps another screen memory from Mother during a blackout and the snapshots of Madeline with her th- throat slit the reality? Daniel. 
I think that's the really the really the end there. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack, and I guess we can do it when we do the recap. But um, I don't know the answer to these questions. I I felt like when he stared at the table, he was looking at reality for the first time in a while, perhaps. Maybe. And he saw, I think, well, all of it stressed him out, certainly. The full sandwich and plate and the empty one. Right. I I feel like we had some sort of new snap. I think so, too. I think... I think he's lost control of mother, of head mother. I mean, I she kind of hints towards it before he leaves for Madeline saying, well, I've got free will and you've got free will, you know? <laughs> yeah. I kind of think, I don't know. I I felt like it was him, like, losing control. Like, now this head mother is out doing her own thing, <laughs> which... <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> As for the Madeline and the throat slit, the reality, I doubt it, but I guess it could be. I don't know. I just, he was talking about, you just don't know what's real and what's not real until you're experiencing it. Yeah. It's- and when Norman Bates experiences it, you still don't know what's real and what's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think we could, and we are supposed to look it up both ways. Um, that there's a possibility that she really was slit and laying on the floor, yeah. or if it was just something yeah. he imagined. It 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 was so similar to Blair Watson that I wondered if he had some sort of just thought, like you know what, this is like kind of how it went down with Blair Watson, and so he was. He could easily imagine the same thing happening, so he ran right. out before it could happen. I think he had a bit of an epiphany that it I don't know, on some on some level he we know he's aware that he has this, another personality and that it's his mother. Yes. He knows that. And I I don't know, I kinda of felt like he had some sort of realization that this is the kind of situation that happens and then I kill some, well, the mother kills somebody and I think it's me. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think he, I think he had a big dose of cold water thrown on him that made him a little clarified. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's why that makes he, sense. Ran, he ran out of the house and he ran into his own house and saw the dinner scene there. Right. Right, had a little moment of clarity, if you will, type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that he's fighting the mother personality kind of puts us back to where he was in the institution where he wanted to get better. Right. Which could put him more in that mindset that he hasn't kind of figured out what's going on, what's actually going on. I just see that as a possibility. Yeah, I mean, some the heavy stuff happened. I mean, he strangled and killed for a second uh-huh. the head mother. Uh-huh. That was very... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the fact so. that he's he's just fighting her so much right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think 
there's some interesting stuff going on. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Their their fighting is so in so fascinating. Yeah. And I love how it's like I think Norman is realizing that or I think he craves or wants like a normal life and head Norma is just getting in the way of that. Yeah. She's messing it up, you know? Yeah. He's trying to control her. He's really fighting her. I, he's not strong enough to win. Certainly. We all know that, but right right now he's trying. And so I think that's doing some weird mental things to him. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, Daniel. And I think we're in for a good time. Me too. These next six episodes, you know, it's they're really. It it seems like every episode so far this season, like a little bit more is happening in Norman's brain, <laughs> like getting us closer and closer to the the like more permanent psychotic break. <laughs> um. Okay. Our next one is from Kim in the Candy Corn Room. And she says, hi, thanks as always for the podcast. You and the other viewers always see things I miss. I didn't catch that Madeline was wearing Norma's dress in the preview last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, did you notice how much Norman looked like Anthony Perkins? It was when he was looking at the guest book with the new sheriff. The camera was angled up at his face, almost had a black and white feel. Oh, it was... It's the exact shot. Yeah, it was exact. From Psycho. When when the when Abernathy... No, sorry, not Abernathy. <laughs> Am, oh, shoot. All I can think of is Abernathy. Ambergast... Um, guys, what's his name? Ambergast or something? Ambergast. When he's... The, the P.I. Yeah, the P.I. and Psycho. When he's going through the guest book looking for Marion Crane, Norman is popping candy corns in his mouth and doing the exact thing. Yep. That it's Norman the same camera angle and everything. Yeah, it was a total callback to Psycho. One of the best Yep. I've seen so far. I loved it. And I recognized yep. it right away. Same. It's in my recap notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which but funny. Kim, that's probably what you were thinking and just not realizing it. Right. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is, Again, that Kenny Johnson interview, it wasn't an interview. He was just sitting in his car, live, chatty. He said, and I don't know if I'd ever heard this before, and it kind of sounded familiar, but um, he said that Freddie Highmore has never seen Psycho and made the call not to watch it because he didn't want to uh, be too Anthony Perkins. Interesting. You know, Freddie is one of the only method actors in the show. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important to him to, you know, really get into the head of Norman. And mm-hmm. and so I think he was worried about getting to Anthony Perkins-like for his acting style. And so I guess he just had never seen it yet. And then when he got cast, he decided not to. So, and we... That's cool. I learned on Twitter that night that Max Terrio is directing this episode. So it had to have been all just direction and stuff. Yeah. 
because Norman may it's possible they showed him that little scene, but he may have said no. I don't want to see the scene, but you know, just they directed him to do it. Sure, and he probably has no idea that that's an I you know. Well, he probably does now, but probably does now. But at the time, yeah. no, I would guess that that was totally Max wanting to do that, mm-hmm. just as a homage or yeah. some, you know, kind of like when they have him get the key to room one, and he does that slight hesitation and then goes for the keys. That's right out of Psycho yeah. Two. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Psycho yeah, as not well, Psycho not two. Psycho Two. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Um, she says, now I can see why Chick wanted to live in the house with Norman. He must have lost his property. That trailer was pretty sad. I do think that Chick was trying to help Norman, but as usual, Norman chased him away. But then asked him for help with getting rid of the... That's all for now. Came in the candy corn room. Yeah, Chick must yeah, have we... lost his little... We had kind of worked out that that the paint couldn't have owned that whole house. (laughs) So that is odd. Uh Uh-huh. But maybe, I mean, that might have been some prime real estate and he was paying it off and he lost the land. I think the land was probably more important, but very strange. Or he was just renting it and couldn't couldn't pay the rent anymore. Yeah, because... Max, or sorry, now he's Max. Dylan was renting his piece next to him, so. Right. I guess people rent out the land out there like that <laughs> in the wilderness. So. <laughs> <laughs> Seems odd, but. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so he's living in this pathetic trailer that, ugh. I did that not the, like, I was sad. I was like. I was so sad, too. That oh. was the saddest trailer park I've ever seen. In my uh, life. It's a scrapyard or something. I don't. I don't think it's... It's not even a trailer park. I thought I saw other, like, just as bad trailers. Probably... I think it's like a scrapyard, and someone scrapped that trailer, and he's living in it. He's paying the guy who owns the scrapyard 100 bucks a month or something. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it made me... Seeing that made me even sadder that Norman kicked him out of the house, because he was like... Can I live here? <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I no, I I thought it looked <clears throat> a little more shanty townish than junkyard, but maybe I'll have to see it again. It's such a quick shot, but it looked like it looked like a scrap metal yard. Okay. Yeah. I remember a bunch of pallets being like his. Across the way, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Kim. Okay, thanks, Kim. Moving on to Harold, he says. Oh, he labeled it as comment card. We haven't been calling him. Have we been calling I've him? I've been trying. Card? I've been trying to call him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Norman says that it's hard to know what is real unless it is happening right in front of you. But even then, it still isn't easy. We saw Madeline with her throat sliced. But before Norman could come running in with a mop and bucket, we switched back to reality and Madeline was still alive. I think. But that sandwich of doom at the end is for both. <laughs> <laughs> the sandwich of doom. <laughs> if you're not on Facebook, Harold posted a screenshot of that. <laughs> it feels like Carrie Aaron is trolling him. <laughs> it's the best. 
<laughs> I love the sandwich thing. Because <laughs> it had to be a sandwich at the end. No. The sandwich says, ooh. <laughs> Norman ate a sandwich before he left. And Norma did not eat hers. Anything is possible. You're breaking up. All right. You can hear me, right? Yep. Okay. Um, of course, Norman passes up Chick's chicken to have fancy French chicken with Madeline. <laughs> Madeline must have decided on Coco Vaughn to impress fancy French-speaking Norman. I totally didn't think of that, but she uh, totally did. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> she knows exactly what she's doing. She's like, ooh, I'll make Coco Vaughn. He's so French. <laughs> <laughs> Because that is, I mean, it's also a very, like, nostalgia dish. It's a very 19... Does anyone make Coca Van anymore? Yeah, really. That was a Julia Childs thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it just hit me that Madeline was the name of Kim Novak's character in Vertigo. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I read something after the first episode that I think Carrie Aaron mentioned that that was a homage to Aye. Vertigo, especially since she's, I should have mentioned it in the podcast, you know, since she is a lookalike. Right. Very, very Vertigo. Nice little homage. Yeah. Um, but good on you for catching that on your own. <laughs> um, who decides to start making a cake after dinner? How long was she planning on having Norman over at the house? <laughs> You know, if you have one of those cakes that you serve warm. Yeah. I'm thinking, in my mind, the cake was a plan B thing. Something she had cooked up if. Mm-hmm. You know, if things work a certain way during dinner, I'll have that set up ready to do, like. Fly on a cobweb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It it was weird. You just don't make a cake after dinner. No, it's usually ready. Right. No, I mean... Or she is just lonely, like she said, and bored, and it's like, hey... Want to do something fun? Want to make a cake and we can watch a movie? You know? I don't know. Yeah, you know. It, honestly, you have dinner. Usually don't want the dessert right away. Right. Or we don't in our family. We usually eat and then digest a little bit. Play some games or something. So, say, you eat, mix the cake up, takes about 20 minutes, get it in the oven, start a movie, halfway through your movie. Especially, like I said, if you serve one of those warm bunt cakes or something. Right. You just put a little something over the top, a drizzle of A glaze sort. or something, yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty believable. Yeah. Especially if you want the dude there. you know. If you want him to stay. If you're going to watch a movie, you've got a good hour and a half, two hours. Yep. It works. It works out if you think about it and have the situation just right. <laughs> cake. <laughs> um, 
When the new sheriff was asking Norman how he knew that Jim Blackwell was from Canyon City, Norman should have said after her visit, he Googled it. And that is such a good idea. You are such a better liar yeah. than Norman. <laughs> the Bateses are bad liars. Always happen. Yeah. Boy, he was nervous. Oh, man. Yeah. He, he was so nervous. She caught that so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, seriously, it's it's really to me that was so obvious. I mean, when he said it, I was like in my head, I'm like, she never said Canyon City. I know. And so. I don't know. Any sheriff worth their salt would have absolutely known they did not say it. And so trying to talk them into that you said it, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Although she seemed fairly convinced by the end, but I think she was covering. I think she is suspicious as H. I think so, too. I think so, too, because I think... I mean, she's a new sheriff, so she probably got the whole rundown... So she probably knows there's always already like suspicion on Norman and did Norma really kill herself, you know? Yeah. So that there's alternate theories. Alternate theories, exactly. We'll see. We will. Uh Sue was right, Romero was just hit with buckshot. It feels like they are just treading water with Romero until his big confrontation scene with Norman, assuming that he gets such a scene. Quick thinking, though, to get medical supplies. Yeah, Romero, that is just being totally dragged out. Yep. It's not terrible, and I see why they need to. It's just, it's kind of too bad. It's it's too bad, but I'm hoping it all leads up to, like, a great payoff. It will. I, I, I think it have will. no doubt it will. Yeah. There's no way they're Romero is such a huge character for them. The writers and everything. I know they just love him. Yes. They love him. They love what he's brought to the show. That thing with Norma was a huge deal. He's a huge deal. And they're not going to just have him just kind of peter out. He's going to get a great finish. Yeah. I think so, too. But, yeah, it is, right now, it's too bad. And I'm sure in the writer's room, they're like, this kind of sucks, but we have to. (laughs) We have to drag this out. Although they could have had him just stay in the prison longer and just had, like, I don't know, maybe they can't have whole episodes without him for his contract or something. That could be. I don't think they had a lot of good options for what they probably want to do and what they're heading towards. It's just one of those two bads. Um, and yeah, I was so impressed with his ambulance idea. <laughs> that was such a good idea. <laughs> it was such a great idea. Yeah, and very convenient. There's a payphone and an apartment complex. All right. <laughs> I know. Quick thinking. <laughs> a payphone that's actually functioning right now. I know. I don't I don't know the last time I saw a payphone. I have no idea. 
All right. Uh, who is registering guests while Norman is out and about all the time? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Guess no one. Just close the office down. I'd say it's just not busy, but boy, they've been busy. They've been kind of busy. He was super busy on the opening thing. The opening episode. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Uh, was this another episode without Rihanna? I'm a bit surprised that they haven't introduced her yet, but I have a feeling that things are going to ramp up quickly now that Romero's back in town. The new sheriff is poking around the Bates Motel, and Norman is unraveling fast. Yep. Yeah, things are ramping up for sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that we're in episode four, and we still haven't had a like Dylan show up at the house yet? Yeah, you know, I had a duh thought when I was um, editing mm-hmm. last week's. It hasn't occurred to me yet, but I know exactly how Dylan gets into this. Hmm. They're going to find Emma's mom's body in the lake soon. And Emma's going to get the call. Oh yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna go up there because her mom's dead and they're Not. gonna find both of Dylan's parents dead. Oh, I bet you're right. I didn't even think of that either. Yeah, I can't believe it took me so long. But yeah, because that is still out there too. Emma's mom's body. Uh-huh. Bradley's body. We yep. know those bodies are coming. They've got to. And I think they're coming soon. I think so. Yep. But I bet you you're right. I bet you that's what it is, is that they get a call about Emma's mom. Yeah, because I've been so bipping confused about how Dylan's going to get in this. And I'm like, it's got to be Chick. That's the only thing that made sense to me was that it was Chick, that he's like, okay, this has gone on long enough. We need to call Dylan and get him (laughs) involved. Yeah, but (laughs) he didn't have a way to find him. I know. I just figured, you know, like my idea is that he finds her his number in Caleb's pocket after Caleb dies. Or maybe he gets on Facebook and finds Emma. Yeah, I guess uh, Caleb did that. Yeah. But, yep, I am... Sh- I, that's just my big idea. I'm with you. I think, I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And man, what a shock they're in for if they're thinking all they're going to find is Emma's body. I mean, Emma's mother. I know. That's that's a whole lot of grandparents for little Katie. Oh, man. (laughs) That's going to be such a crazy thing. Yep. But no one knows about Caleb except for Chicken Norman, but I'm sure... Caleb's just going to, or Chick's going to fill him in, or Norman, I don't know. Someone's going to have to tell Dylan the kid's Unless his, like, charred up body gets found or something. Yeah. That was a little conspicuous, now that we're talking about it. That was a little conspicuous, even in White Pine Bay, to get rid of a body. Takes a lot to burn a body. <laughs> it's got a smell. Oh yeah. 
And it's just floating on top of the lake. Yep. Okay. Here are my likes. The new sheriff rides a bicycle to work. That's different. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Norman craning his neck to see what the new sheriff is looking at while she was looking at the motel register. Another psycho moment. Yep. yep. Disgust. When Norman is choking Mother and he gets a glimpse of dead Norma. Yeah, that was good. Oh, man. I liked that so much. That was so crazy. Where is Dick living? The city dump? A scrap metal location? Is this where he gets the raw material for his art? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's probably how he knows about that place. <laughs> he knows yeah. the guy who has a thing. <laughs> That's right. And that guy probably lets him. You're yep. letting him stay there now. Yep. Poor chick. Yep. Um, sandwich of doom. <laughs> I like that too. Oh, the sandwich played such a role this time. Um, I don't know what Rob saw out there, but yeah, I can. Soon. I can hear it, but it's not too bad. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. And our next comment card is from Carrie. And she says, Hi, Sue, M, and guests. I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't as good as the past episodes this season, but it had its moments. I saw that Dylan directed this one. I can't remember Max's last name. It's Tyrio. I like the new sheriff. She's a great actor. I remember her as the girl in Buffalo Bills well in Silence of the Lambs. I was yeah, wondering if that was her. On the skin girl. Yeah, I was wondering if that was her. She was in Grey's Anatomy for a season or so, and uh, I recognized her as the lotion girl, and then I forgot. She's got a Utah connection, because I, I was friends with someone back in the day that was friends with her. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's got some Utah connection. I can't remember what. Maybe she went to the U or something. <laughs> um, okay. I will have the lack of class to enter the famous line... It puts the lotion on the skin or it gets the hose. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again, yes. And I already did that. My class is gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't actually say the line, but. <laughs> she says that dude makes Norman look like Mr. Rogers. He was so sick. And evil. Anyway, I like this girl as sheriff. <laughs> Buffalo Bill makes everyone. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> was the grossest. So creepy. Um. Okay, love the Hitchcock camera angle as Norman chewing the candy corn while looking at the guest book. Very well done. Yep. yep. Um. Caleb got the Viking funeral. Ah, uh, chicken his man bun sent him on his way. <laughs> <laughs> The actor playing Caleb, such a great performance. Maybe Caleb and Norma Louise can have a normal sibling relationship in heaven. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, Madeline has the same dress size as Norma, but that's kind of tacky to wear a dress of a dead woman in front of that woman's son. <laughs> Poor Norman. <laughs> He's not going to get any nookie. If Norma keeps showing up every time he gets a happy. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie. 
I believe that's the theme of Psycho. Yep. <laughs> she showed Norman what would happen if he got too freaky with Madeline. Ah, that's a nice thought. Yeah. That she just, like, put that in his brain, like a warning. Yep. <laughs> what's going to happen to Madeline if you don't get away from her? <laughs> yeah, it's... It was just so weird to see Norman making out with a normal look like wearing Norman's dress. Is it Norma in his mind? He's kissing Marissa. I know. (laughs) This show, man. Yikes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um. Okay. She says, OMG, that margarita I had last week messed me up. <laughs> I can't believe I was talking about Marion in the basement of the original movie and not Lila. I stayed away from the hooch this week. <laughs> Until the weekend, anyways. LOL. I like my vodka and cranberry. <laughs> we knew you knew it wasn't Marion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just blamed it on a common little mistake. Yeah, but I forgot you had had a margarita and you did mention that. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't put it together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Love Norma's raincoat and hat. So cute. Is it the same one she was wearing when she was was walking around the pit? Okay. Um, She and Norman have some lungs. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been cool to see Norman screaming that, but with Norma's voice. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> um, I think the car is fine where it is. With the new sheriff, it will take a long while to put the pieces together. He's pretty determined to move it. <laughs> yeah, but I think in moving it is going to be... I think they should just leave it where it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, think moving is going to be the risky. Yeah. And could be his downfall. It could be. And that could give Ed Norma, you know, more like, I do know what's best Norman, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it, it's been a pretty big plot point. This episode. It's a pretty big point of contention between those two. <laughs> just, yeah. They're little, they're little fights. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, she says. So, is that it for Chick and Norman? I wasn't sure how they left their relationship. Um, no. I um, think Chick is now more concerned than ever, and I think so too. he's gonna help him with the car just to stay close to him. Yeah, I think he's a little concerned. <laughs> I think he is, too. And, yeah, I think it's going to be his demise, though, getting getting more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, Maggie, wow, haven't seen her since season one. She does owe Alex a favor or two. Pal- poor Alex, that was a nasty wound. I guess he's not going to stop until he gets to Norman. But if he doesn't fail, it's going to be rougher for him in the basement than it was for Caleb. 
I don't want Alex to have to see Norma like that. It will be heartbreaking. I know. I'm I not emotionally ready, and I never will be. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to happen, though. I do. <laughs> um, I think having... I I like bringing Maggie into this and having Romero go there to convalesce. I think it's smart. So smart. Because you get the feeling she probably... She probably had a little crush, especially if she's, like, younger than Keith. Sure, yeah. You know. So, now he needs her help, and, yeah, they've just known each other forever. Yeah, I'm glad she existed in season one, so we can have her now, because <laughs> it's perfect. It is, it is, yep. Because when he stared at that phone, and he just kind of looked at it for a long time, mm-hmm. I didn't think, oh, he's going to call an ambulance, and... But the second he called the ambulance, I knew what he was going to do. He was going to rob the ambulance. Right. But at first, I thought he was looking at that phone thinking, I have literally no one to call to help me. Right. That's actually what I thought was going on in his head because I couldn't think of anyone to help him. And then when he saw Maggie, I was like, oh, of course. Yay. Right. No, that made sense. And it works because she's a, you know, like a callback from... It's not like they're like, oh, this is is Keith's sister, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had her there. Right. Okay, she says, I think that's all my thoughts on this episode. I agree that it will be Madeline in the basement since we haven't even gotten to Marion yet. Take care and kill your own ass, Carrie. P.S. I do miss Cupcake Man and Ralph. (laughs) 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 Nice. Thanks, Carrie. I wonder what... Oh, I forgot his name for a second. Kill... What's his name? Oh, crap. What was his name? Gunther. Gunther. Yeah. I wonder what Gunther's doing now. Gunner. Gunner. I'm like, Gunther's not Gunther right. doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gunner. <laughs> and the way I knew that is their little conversation. What kind of a name is Gunner anyway? Stupid one. <laughs> oh, I miss those two. <laughs> I need to watch season three and four. Anyway. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite seasons. I loved just for those two yeah. alone. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. All right. Moving on to Matt. He says feedback for episode four in all its glory. Being around town with this box of my dead mother's clothes and I thought, hey, you kind of look like her. Like her. Maybe maybe you could wear my dead mother's clothes. I could dress you up like my dead mother and then later we could have sex and it would be like I'm having sex with my dead mother. <laughs> oh, Norman. Hmm. Yeah, it's a really tempting offer. Um, I think I'm gonna pass. Oh, well, you're making that face. Why don't you just leave the box here and I'll, uh, I'll paw through it and Maybe I'll find something I'll, I'll want to keep. Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> uh, just g- good scene. I really like Madeline. I, I want her to stay sexy and not get murdered. Oh, you know what? I forgot that Romero got shot last episode. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was the thing that happened. But it was pretty smart of him to call the ambulance and get the supplies so that he could repair his wound. Not really sure what his end game is. 
at this point. Um, is he just going to come after Norman? I hope so. But I don't know. I don't know what he's, what he's up to. Shoot him and die. Yep. <laughs> Chick? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't like Chick the way that Sue loves Chick. Like, I, w- I would imagine that Sue wants... Sue's like, if I die before you, Emily, I want you to dress in a kimono, and I want you to put me on a boat and send me out to sea. Done. I want you to be Chick <laughs> for my funeral. I hope that's inappropriate. Am I overstepping bounds? Um, I'm oh, Matt, you know us. Um, no bounds. Oh, you know what I think whenever I see the, the house in the, in the motel? I think, I've been there. I've been to that set. And I will tell you, a little secret, not ten minutes away, a Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is. My favorite line of the episode. What crawled into your pants? <laughs> yes. I like to think that when Norma was talking about a species of complainers, she was talking about those iTunes reviewers. Bunch of, bunch of sad sacks, bunch of killjoys, that lot. Don't, don't be goofy. Don't be giggly. Don't have fun. Don't laugh. Don't enjoy yourselves. I know you guys are sisters, and you you know you go like decades back, and you have this bond and this relationship. But you shouldn't personalize your podcast. Not when you're talking about something so serious as television. Can I dress you up in my dead mother's clothes? <laughs> I just really can't get past that. It's like, dude, do you even do you have any idea of just how? creepy you are and yet the ladies love him they love norman bates i i don't understand why but some somehow he he pulls them in i guess i guess they just want to fix him they're like there's a project i'll fix him and i bet after i fix him he'll be a nice guy when norman and norma were walking in the woods i like to imagine that that guy from the restaurant who's in the bathroom stall is out in the woods, too. He, he got lost on a hike. And he's like, oh, good, there's some people. They can help me. They can help me find my way home. Wait a minute. Hey, I think I know that kid. Oh, it's that kid from the bathroom. Oh, he's talking to himself again. Oh, no. And then he backs up and he steps on a twig. Oh, oh. I hope he didn't hear that. Oh, no. He's my favorite recurring character on the show. Uh, try and spot him in every episode. He's in there somewhere. He's in the background somewhere. Okay, this is going on too long. Once again, I just rambled and I said not. So I apologize to you. I apologize to your listeners. Um, sorry about imagining Sue's funeral. That's super morbid. We don't want this podcast to be too morbid. We don't want it to be funny. We don't want it to be morbid. We want it to just be just plain just unexciting there's about six episodes left in the series so plenty of time to, to fix this thing <laughs> right before, before Bates Motel goes off the air that's the goal okay bye <laughs> thanks Matt okay we have had a few rough reviews lately <laughs> <laughs> yep um my face. <laughs> I just have to mention the person. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that it's just mediocre, and these girls are fine with that. We're fine with mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All I could think of was Emily Pugh. 
fine with mediocrity since 1976. <laughs> <laughs> you summed me up there, dude. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That made me laugh, too. So funny. Um, I'm now putting it in my will that everyone has to dress up like Tick at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Tim Hortons is like a Canadian like coffee place or something. I don't know. So anyway, okay. thanks, Matt. And you know, Matt, it occurs to me that so Norman has head Norma, and you've got head guy in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So, don't know where I'm going with that, but I don't know. Something's <laughs> Put that in your pocket. Yeah. Pin that for now. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we expect a name. <laughs> I want this guy to show up in every episode now. <laughs> you started something, we expect yeah. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Okay, our last feedback is, or our last we have a, and again oh, we me have taco. A... Okay, yep. So our last email comment card is Vicky, and she says, "Hi, Emily and Sue. First, Chick was funny when him and Norman were putting Caleb in the trunk." Chick grabs his grocery bag out of the trunk and doesn't forget to tell Norman not to cook the chicken. <laughs> He's like, don't cook that, I'll do it. <laughs> um, she says, I wonder what Chick was really feeling when Norman came to Chick's trailer. Norman broke down. It seemed that Chick felt sorry for Norman, but it it's hard to tell in this scene if Chick really felt sorry. I described it as more concern than sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you mentioned earlier, like that is probably the first time Chick went, oh, there could be something really dangerous going on here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, although you would think well, her tying Caleb up in the basement would be kind of a clue. And his first witness of it was him. Slamming That's right, hitting him, chick hitting Caleb in the back with, with something. something. But that doesn't mean he knows that there's like, I don't know, how many bodies do we have now? Six or seven? <laughs> yeah. We don't know the body count, but it's maybe not six or seven. It's I can think of three at the second, but there's more. Five, three. I can think of four. Well, there's three that are not found yet, so Bradley... Emma's mom and Jim Blackwell. Yes, and then but there's Miss Watson. Miss Watson, so four. Yeah. Are we missing somebody? Cody's dad, but that was ruled an accident. Right. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Okay. Um Okay. She says, Madeline, did Norman kill her? It could have happened because Norma is nowhere to be found when Norman came home. Maybe Norma was out there killing Madeline. I don't think so. 
I, I think Madeline has a lot more story here. Well, if that's true, then Norman wouldn't be in his house. True. Because I mean, they are one they are person. one person. Yes, <laughs> they're one body. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember that sometimes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yeah, if if Madeline is dead now, that's I cry foul because I really think I really think she's got a lot more a, a bigger part to play in this storyline. I think she has a bigger part. I don't know about a lot bigger part. Yeah, a bigger part. Yeah, she's not done. I think she is the. I think she is what causes the biggest struggle with Norman on wanting to have a normal life. I think she's one of the biggest causes between him and Head Norman and their little fights. And that's got to go on a little bit more. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Norman giving her the dresses was turning Madeline into Norma. It was creepy how Madeline was so like Norma. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Um, Madeline is having problems with her husband, but she is acting so sweet, and yet she wants to be, she wants to be bad. She would probably have slept with Norman. Yeah, I think so. I think it could have gone there. Yeah. I have thoughts. I'll keep them for the recap. Okay. Um... And then she says, did Norman bring dead Norma to the car in the woods? If not, how did that scene take place? Thanks, Vicky. I think that was just a mental thing. It was all in his head. Yeah, and it, it kind of supports, I feel, what I was talking about a little while ago. About how he's, things are getting a little more, he's having a little more realism creeping in. Because he's fighting Mother so much. Right. So I think literally fighting her and killing her and bringing back the actual dead Norma's eyes was a nice little support of what I'm... the theory I'm cooking up. Nice. It was It was definitely bizarre to watch him like kill an imaginary woman. <laughs> <laughs> And how much it affected both of them. How she, like, scrambled away from him. and Yeah. Like, it it probably turned Head Norma's... Um, it probably threw her in another direction. Right. Well. Yeah, yeah. She seemed kind of, I don't know, not scared of him, but I don't know. It's very interesting. It's kind of... It's, I, to me, okay, she's all about control. She's all about safety right keeping norman safe and to me that was like okay he's getting out of control i need to step right. up but he wants her to back it down big time so there's quite the do you call it an inner conflict i think so yeah. because so he kills he kills head norma he strangles her suffocates her to death uh-huh. her eyes turn glassy like the same milky dead eyes that she had before and then 
like she like blinks and coughs and she's back to life. So it's like he just can't. It, it's almost like same Norma was same like not crazy Norman was taking over when he was killing her, but then just he just can't let her go. <laughs> so he had to bring her back to life. Yeah. You know? It was like a no, 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 yep, no, no, nope, nope. <laughs> I need her. <laughs> Even though we fight, I need her. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so fascinating. And after that, he kind of he backed did. down. He did. He scared yep. himself. Yep. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Vicky. Yeah, thank you. All right, now we go to Me Taco or Tail on Twitter. Says, hi, Sue and Emily. Our very own Max Terrio directed this one, and boy, was it good. Well, it's always good, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Chick's funeral for Caleb was so beautiful, it almost made me forget that he's using Norman for his book instead of getting him help. can we all give a standing ovation to freddie highmore who just morphed into anthony perkins from the candy corn to the head tilt to the complete lack of poker face just brilliant then little hand claps yep uh that was excellent even especially if you had not ever seen that scene (laughs) um vera and freddie together is just gold that scene in the woods deserves its own emmy by the way, have you guys heard that the Emmys are campaigning Vera for Best Supporting Actress because of her reduced screen time? What the <sighs> heck does she have to do? She is the Good Lord. Yes, I have heard that. And <laughs> it's weird. I have two thoughts about it. One, it's weird to me. I don't feel like she does have less screen time. Maybe slightly, Maybe. but not enough. Yeah. Two, that might actually be a good thing. The supporting actress category may be a little less. It, she might have a better chance. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder if they had the choice and thought, well, let's do supporting, and then maybe she'll get it. Right. Um, which I don't think is any less of a great. I don't think it'll diminish at all. I don't have a lot of horrible thoughts about it. No. No, you're right. Because I honestly think it gives her a better shot. Right. I think she's got a good shot anyway because it's the last season and they tend to do that too. She could get John Hamm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Although if it's supporting, it's not exactly John Hamm, <laughs> but same kind of deal. Was she even nominated last year? She wasn't, I don't think was so. Because I totally banned the Emmys and I wouldn't have if she would have even been right. nominated. All right. So that's my stand. Norman, you freaking ungrateful hypocrite. So mother gives up her life for you while you're lusting after her lookalike, but you throw a tantrum and kill her when she finds lo- when she finds love. His whole speech during the dinner with Alex got thrown out the window. Do you want to be with your mother or Madeline? Make up your mind. Okay, let me unpick this. Okay, I get it now. I thought maybe to kill her in the forest... Part, not the actual no, killing. the actual killing her. Okay, because I'm like, wait, was that a tantrum over uh, her? Because he mentioned Romero in this scene, like, I think not long before right. that. In that scene, he right? does, yeah. He does, yeah. Okay, that's why. 
But no, I mean, um, me taco is exactly right. There's <laughs> what a hypocrite. She oh, falls totally. in love. He killed her. No, he now falls, he falls in love, him. and she's in the way. But yeah, he's also like turning Madeline into his mother so he can fall in love with his mother and live with her the rest of his life. Like, I really think that's yeah. what he's doing for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's a total hypocrite. And we need to, uh, it's time to fire up. You did this to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> The song is called Just. <laughs> <laughs> so the speech... Oh, I'm trying to remember that great dinner scene with Alex about what he's throwing out the window. I guess it was just... I don't remember. Yeah. I'm sure it was about all these things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the who do you save. Right, right. So I think it's that same scene, boat. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, well, he, it was basically the, you know, stepchild throwing a tantrum that mother found somebody new and you're not my father. And Right, because he goes outside he, and starts he, chopping wood and almost attacks right. Alex with the axe and, yeah. Does he bring up the cord between their hearts and stuff in that mm, dinner scene? I don't, I don't think so. Hmm. He does, yeah, he does do the finger wag and says, like, you will never get in between us. You'll yeah. never, you know, that's right. realize what we have and you'll, you know, so. But, to be fair, Madeline's not a normal. She's not another Romero. She is the living, breathing incarnation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still, it's almost like he doesn't think of it as, it's more like a replacement. Right. Yes, exactly. She's a replacement Norma. Yeah. Okay. Who knew we'd see Keith Summer's sister Maggie again? Not me. This means Alex made it back to White Pine Bay. Shit's about to go down. <laughs> well, after he recovers. <laughs> yes, there will be a small convalescing <laughs> <Yes>. period. <laughs> you can go in the mama bear bed. I'll take care of him. <laughs> There's always room for him in the mama bear bed. <laughs> Oh, he's got a prime spot right next to Spike. <laughs> right in between Spike and Don Draper. Yep. <laughs> Cozy right in there. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a little scotch first. Yes, he needs to be Jack Romero. <laughs> um, her next little bullet point is a spoiler for the preview, so we're going to save that. Okay. We're saving that. Um, she asked for the Beyond the Sea room. She says she used to have an obsession with Sandra D and Bobby Darren. Until next week, Kale. Oh, Yay! perfect. It's all yours. You are the perfect resident for the Beyond the yep. Sea room. And we'll load it up with a VCR and a TV with Gidget <laughs> and Tammy and the Doctor and a summer place. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, what's that, Bobby Darren? 
Sandra D movie. I have no idea. I know. It's feeling. That funny feeling. I don't think I've seen it. It's great. She's like a maid. Okay, like she's like a maid for this rich guy that she's never met. And then she meets him, Bobby Darren, and he, um, she's embarrassed to take him back to her place because he's rich. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want him to see her apartment. And so she takes him to the apartment of the person she cleans. And it's actually his place and she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's great 50s madcap fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, I'm a huge Sandra D fan. I don't I, I don't know if Bobby Darren's in a ton of movies. But um, songs, of course. Yep. We'll have... Oh, we moved the record player. There you go. That great old one. It's been moved into that room and got some Bobby Darren's. Just waiting for you, Kale. <laughs> <laughs> and I will join you and we'll watch movies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can... I've got Gidget memorized. I haven't seen it in 10 years, but I guarantee you it's still memorized. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So, well, thanks, Kale. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the feedback. Anyway. Yes, thank you. Fun stuff. Good stuff. Should we move on to the recap then? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so we open with Chick and Norman looking at Caleb in the road. Chick checks for vital signs. Norman looks over and Norma is standing there crying. He says he's sorry. She says it is what it is. He didn't need to come back here. He didn't need to do a lot of stuff, and she wants to get rid of the body. Norman says it was an accident, and they should call the police. Norman and Chick disagree with him. Chick says it was all his fault, and they should not call the police because Caleb had been locked up in their basement, and they might find out. Norman asks what they could find out, and Chick says, I'll repeat myself. He was chained in your basement. There are other things in your basement. (laughs) Norma agrees and points out she's pretending to be dead. Chick says he can get rid of the body. Norman helps Caleb put Caleb's Norman helps put Caleb's body in the trunk and Chick tells Norman not to wait up and gives him the groceries. I found it especially sweet watching fake Norma crying over her dead brother. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Okay, so just regular Norman just doesn't know that corpse Norma is in the basement freezing. I guess. Right? I guess. There's so many weird levels to this. I know, crazy. and it's just nearly impossible to unpack it all and to just know. We we don't know. Yeah. No. But but like we, this little scene makes me think he just doesn't realize she's down there. Yeah, we uh I think we know that on some deep layer he does, but I think right. that part is not around very often. Right, right. So, um, I found it funny how so annoyed he was at these two. He was just 
Johnny call the police? <laughs> yes, yes. And I think... Like, this... nothing's wrong. They have nothing to worry about. Yeah, and I don't think he likes Norma and Chick agreeing with each other and ganging up on him. Yeah, it was a little like Norma on the Norma Louis escapade, yes. you know? Uh-huh. Just like, I trusted you to always right. be on my side. And you, you're an interloper. And he had a major stick up his butt for Caleb, for Chick, the rest of the episode. I mean, until he, he went to visit yeah. him and he needed his help. Right. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't look at it that way. I was actually like, why is he so incredibly pissed at Caleb? But it was a little jealousy, I think. Yeah, it's... Yeah, he doesn't like the two of them against him, which is is so funny because one of those people doesn't exist except for in his mind. <laughs> so he's creating this. <laughs> at least, at least Dylan and Norman <laughs> were real. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um. Okay, so next we see Romero and the kid that shot him. Romero tells the kid to go to his house and get some bandages. He tells him not to tell anyone what happened. He knows it was an accident, and he won't say a word about it. The kid runs to the house, and Romero runs away. Then we have the opening sequence. Remember how set I was that that was a boy? I'm almost Uh equally as set that it was a girl this time. I know. And I feel bad, and then I'm like, okay, who cares about the kid's gender? (laughs) Until it was discussed, I, I just, I thought it was a boy, but... When I was watching it this time, I was like, you know, it is a little ambiguous. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ambiguous. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah. It was funny how sad I was that it was a boy and no girl. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's a fluid gender. <laughs> we will. Let's call that. Never see them again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he basically just wanted to go away. <laughs> Go away so he could run away. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. Uh, next, we see Chick walking along a lake carrying some flowers. He walks up to Caleb's body and places the flowers on him. Caleb is on a boat. Chick lights the boat on fire and pushes it out onto the lake. In the preview, did he do like some like grand arm movement? Or am I making that up? <laughs> No, I seem to remember that, too. Like, he was more in the water and did some, I don't know, maybe... Sometimes things are in the previews that don't they end use up a, on the Yeah, show. they use a different take. Yeah. I was just wondering if... I want to rewatch it and see if it is different and if it is Norma's body at the end of the season or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets the exact same thing, but it's a little more grand. Right, maybe. But I'm more inclined to think it was just a different take. Yeah. But I thought this was a sweet way of doing it. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Okay. So then we see a woman riding a bike and she walks into the sheriff's office. Turns out she is the new sheriff. She chats with the receptionist. Then the phone rings and the receptionist tells the sheriff it's the DA's office and they say it's urgent. Yep. I forgot the receptionist's name is Regina. Right. Regina. I wonder if she likes this lady better. Totally. They were sitting there chit-chatting about her life 
and the sheriff seemed genuinely interested. Right. <laughs> you know you never got that from Romero. <laughs> Speaking of, and we've never discussed these, there was did I did I I told you though on the messages that you can watch um the deleted scenes from last season? Oh yeah. Did you ever watch them? I did not. I haven't yet. There's a scene of Romero walking in just like that to the sheriff's office and announcing he married Norma Bates and just being, and he's all like excited. And he's like greeted with like stunned silence. (laughs) I gotta watch that. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so awkward. (laughs) And then he just goes into his office. (laughs) They're all like, this is the first time he's ever talked to us without it being police business. <laughs> and it's to tell us he married Norma Bates. <laughs> you want to act like a fourth grade girlfriend. <laughs> I just I liked that. It was funny. That is funny. So next we see Norman packing things into a box, and Norma steps into the doorway and stretches. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I can't believe no one mentioned it in the feedback. I know, we do. <laughs> That's like the best stretch ever. It's so funny. <laughs> I love picturing them. Just having her just do that on the fly and probably making everyone laugh so hard and then, like, making Vera do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, outtakes, please. (laughs) It just, it had to have been just a Vera choice. You just picture Max Terrio behind this camera. Just so funny. My fan fiction about the filming. (laughs) (laughs) My little headcanon about it. It's just, it's a great scene. Um, so she stretches and asks what time it is. Norman says it's 10.30. She slept in. She says she must have been tired, and he says he can't imagine why. Some of the things Norman is packing up are her dresses. She asks why he's packing her dresses. He says she has had them for forever. They are the same old dresses. She says... What the hell crawled into your pants? <laughs> he says he doesn't like how things are. She says, well, neither does anyone in all of God's creation. We are a species of complainers. What makes today so special? She she woke up on one, and I love it. <laughs> I know, me too. Because he's just so annoyed with her. <laughs> so... <laughs> Norman says because he is tired of how things are going. Nothing is going the way he wants it to. Caleb gets hit in the street. He wants to call the cops, but she and Chick decide to get rid of the body. He doesn't want to hide bodies, chain people up in the basement, or dump people in lakes. Norman just kind of shrugs. (laughs) Like, well. (laughs) I know, that's great. Norman asks her when she and Chick became such good friends. She says that he is the one that invited Chick over. Then she says he is right. Get rid of all the dresses. She's going online to order new ones because dead or alive, she can't be prancing around naked. (laughs) He says, you don't like your old dresses anymore? (laughs) She says, make up your mind. 
do I like them or do I not like them? Then the doorbell rings and Norman says he will get it and he walks out of the room and down the stairs carrying the box of stuff. Yeah, her telling him, like, make up your mind, do I like my dresses? <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's almost like... She's acknowledging. <laughs> I know. It's like head Norma broke the fourth wall. <laughs> yes. She's saying, look, <laughs> you're the one that's doing this. So do I like her or don't I? <laughs> And it was equally amazing that he was, like, packing them up and just really downplaying them. And then the second she says it, he's like, you don't like your old dresses? I know. <laughs> he looked all hurt. <laughs> oh, <amazing>. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun scene. I liked it. She was pretty sassy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, okay, so next we see Norman open the front door, and it's the new sheriff. She introduces herself as Sheriff Green. She says, okay. she, mm-hmm. stop you right there. Would it have been too hard for them to name her, like, um, Al Chambers? <laughs> Allison Chambers? That's the sheriff from Psycho. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess they could have. They could have. Yeah. It was Al Chambers, so I'm like, name Maybe name they feel Allison. like they're just pushing it too far, having like Sam and Sam Loomis and Madeline. I don't know. Yes. Um <laughs> Uh she says she has seen Norman around town. He says he would invite her in, but he is doing some cleaning. He is getting rid of clutter. He says you get so much clutter you don't know what you have anymore. And she agrees. She tells him a man named Jim Blackwell skipped out on his parole, and they found Norman's address on a piece of paper at Blackwell's place. She asks if he has seen him. Norman says no. She tells Norman that what she is worried about is he was serving time where Romero was serving time. Norman says was. She tells Norman she found out that morning Romero escaped. She asks if he has contacted Norman, and he says no. He says he hates Romero and blames him for his mother's death. She says she is concerned about the timing. Blackwell gets out, has Norman's address, then Romero escapes. She says, why would a guy who had every chance of getting out of prison after two years on a work farm risk escaping? She says it had to be something important. It might be something there at the house. might be something Blackwell found out about. Norman says, you mean something here at this house? She says, yes, or the motel. Norman says, there is nothing in these structures I don't know about, Sheriff. She laughs and says, you just said you have so much clutter you don't know what you have. He laughs and says, well, I know it's all my stuff. She says, now he knows what is going on and to call her if if he sees anything unusual. He says to let him know if she finds out anything about Romero. She says she will and leaves. This is, I don't know, I just had a problem with the sheriff, like theorizing out loud to Norman what she thinks is going on. Do you see? And I kind of found that a little clunky. Yeah, I guess. But if she has zero suspicion, I mean, I think she walks away with some suspicion of Norman. Yeah. But if she started out at zero, it... Or even if she did have a little suspicion, telling him all of that just seemed... 
kind of a buddy buddy see I'm on your side. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me on either watch. I was just like uh, I just don't think this was very well written dialogue. I just I guess her yeah, theorizing in front of him. Unless she had a little bit of suspicion and to see how he reacted. See how he reacted. She's either really good or not good. <laughs> Right. No, I see what you mean. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it just, I don't know. I just didn't like it all that much. Yeah, I can see that. Nothing um, about the actors or anything. Just the dialogue was just a little awkward to me. I don't know. I, uh, I liked how when Norman had to kind of backpedal about when you get called out about the stuff. (laughs) He said, well, I know it's all my stuff. (laughs) The delivery of that was so good. It was almost like, I'm not even buying this. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even believe this. (laughs) Well, it makes me think, is that duffel bag of money still somewhere at the house that Romero had? We did talk about what did Norma do with that duffel bag of money. Yeah, because she, she I, used some to get curtains. And she used supplies, some, you know? but I don't see her or Romero thinking it's a good idea to just deposit it all no, no right way. away. They no just way. wouldn't have done that. Uh-uh. It's got to be there somewhere. Yeah. And that could be something that Romero was like, kill Norman Bates. Mm. And the duffel bag is hidden here. You're right. And that's, you can have that money, you know. Maybe he is thinking not just suicide mission. Maybe Mm. he is thinking kill Norman and just hide out. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. They, I bet he and Norma together, I bet she took some cash for curtains and fruit trees and fruit because she she didn't just plant trees she uh just bought a bunch of fruit to can that day right (laughs) so they probably just took out a little cash and And hit the rest rest. somewhere yep it's got to be down there somewhere yeah and norman has no idea it exists does he Mm -mm. neat i like that Yep. i haven't thought about the money in a long time okay Next, we see Norman walk in the house. Norma's at the top of the stairs and asks who it was. He tells her the new sheriff. Norma asks what he wants, what she wants. And Norman says she was asking about Jim Blackwell. He has skipped parole on the, and the police found their address at Blackwell's place. Norma says, oh, and sits down on the stairs. He says, this is exactly what I mean when I say I'm not really sure you know what's best at all. She says, so I should have let Jim Blackwell kill you? He says, maybe. And she says, that's depressing. He says, no, what's depressing, Mother, is having no control over your own life, over these decisions that are being made supposedly on your behalf. She says, fine, she will just wait until his next blackout. (laughs) (laughs) Still sassy. (laughs) Still got her sassy pants on. (laughs) Norman says he doesn't like what they've become. She says fighting isn't the end of the world. She says she can prove she says they can't prove anything by Jim Blackwell having their address. She asks if the sheriff said anything else, and Norman says no and walks out the door. 
and says he'll be back in a few hours. So, I think it was me Taco who said that um, Blackwell was the worst hitman ever. <laughs> yeah. So, this even proves it more. <laughs> so, you write down the person's address <laughs> and leave it at your house? <laughs> Don't... <laughs> That's pretty bad. Don't you need the address? <laughs> well, he obviously found it, but a good hit man would have either eaten it or burned it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. Worst Who was it that would eat, eat the papers? What's that from? I don't know. I have no idea. That's way too recessed deep in my brain. <laughs> we don't have time to find that. <laughs> nope. We got no time for that. <laughs> I just pictured Buddy the Elf eating cotton balls when he said that. <laughs> that is Scout's favorite part. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Scout does a pretty good impression. Um... Okay, so yeah, so so Norman is not happy with <laughs> the decisions that Head Norma makes on his behalf. <laughs> no, he's not, and that it was. I thought it was maybe a little interesting saying having no control over your own life about these decisions that are made supposedly on your behalf. It's a little fourth wall breaky, it and is. when I say that, I mean. <laughs> The wall of Norman's brain, fourth wall, right. <laughs> breaking, <laughs> right. which they've both done now today. It, you know, it's almost like he knows, and she's acknowledging. Yeah, well, just wait till the next blackout. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like... <laughs> but it also, he could have also meant, you know, just you always win. Right. right. Yep. And she does. <laughs> she always wins. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next we see Norman drive up to a church. He starts putting things from the box into their donation bin. And he stops when he gets to Mother's Dresses. Um, then we see Norman walk into the hardware store. Madeline is there alone. Norman is holding Mother's dresses. Madeline asks if everything is okay, and he says, nothing new shower curtains won't fix. She says, I just came in and goes and gets a box of new shower curtains. She says, they must go through a lot of them. He says, yes, they don't really last too long. (laughs) I think they do in other motels. (laughs) The baits go through a lot of shower curtains. They're very handy. They're very handy for wrapping bodies up in. (laughs) (laughs) Way Um, better than carpet and rugs. Yes. (laughs) So then he puts the dresses on the counter and says he is doing some cleaning and doesn't have any use for the dresses and wondered if she wanted them. He feels like she would take care of them and wear them and they wouldn't be something unanimated anymore. She laughs and he says he must be mad offering her his dead mother's clothes. He says his mom was not like other moms. She was youthful and beautiful and vibrant. Madeline says to leave the dresses and she will go through them. Then she walks off to help another customer. So Madeline's outfit in this scene was... Uh, Yes. (laughs) Really, really bad, I thought. Oh, man. A floral print 
blouse with a plaid skirt. I don't know what look that was. I don't either. That's not your cute retro look. And it was, yeah, and it was just right up the neck and down the sleeves. Yeah. It just. It was a fail. It was such a fail. Yeah. It was. Yeah. To a weird degree. Yeah. It was like startlingly ugly and it's like, what is happening here? (laughs) 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 You know, it's like. You know, I complained a little bit about the gunny sack, but this. <laughs> she's, she's not batting real great the last couple outfits. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can, I think to get that kind of, I don't know, depression era, <laughs> retro-y look, you could do kind of something cute, maybe combining a plaid and a floral, but that was not it. This was not it. Mm-mm. And you have to be real careful with that. You always have to be careful mixing prints. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Any way you slice it, I think. Yeah. Just too much clothes. It was too much clothes for her and her body. It just drowned her. Right. It's just weird. Yeah. Interesting choice for her and the wardrobe group. Ooh! What? what did we used to say about Buffy? That there was like a evil the, twin? The evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't quite get it right. Nope. <laughs> evil twin costumer today on set. Uh, next we see Norman driving and laughing. <laughs> this is so weird. I... You know, what I on in that car. I think he's just a little giddy about Madeline. Were were those two like in a field running together into each other's arms and Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think he was really picturing like I don't know, I don't know of a future. I think he was just I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah, and I like, don't, don't care. Who knows it. <laughs> yes, I, I kind of think it was a little of that. It had to have been. I think he sees in Madeline like a shred of hope that maybe he can be happy. You know. Yeah. And maybe he was also picturing her wearing his mom, his favorite dresses of his mom's. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It was odd. It was odd. And to see his face change when he sees Chick, it's just like... Yes. Darkened. Yep. So considerably. He pulls up to the house and Chick is there unloading things from his car. And Chick asks if he should crash in Dylan's room. Norman says they need to talk. Norman says Chick shouldn't stay there. It's too much, too stressful. Chick asks why. He helps Norman around the house. He helps with everything. Norman says he can't live there. They can still be friends, but can't see each other every day. Chick asks if he could come over tomorrow <laughs> or the next day. He could bring quail and they can cook it up. Norman says no. Chick says he gets it and puts the stuff back into his car and drives off. Yeah, Chick, he's mad. <laughs> he's Yeah, he was pretty mad about that. Yeah. So, yeah, Chick's mad. I get it. After seeing where he lives, <laughs> you know, it's like... 
you invite someone to, you allow someone to stay at your house and then you're like, nope. And you don't really have a good reason. <laughs> yeah. And he was also just so, um, Hey, I'll crash and villains. Here's my canary, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was excited. Yeah. And he had spent the night burying his uncle, you know, uncle. Yeah. That he had chained in the basement. I mean, I know Chick is actually the one that killed him, but right. Norman was chasing him down the street with a gun. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> so it probably felt quite ungrateful also. Absolutely. Plus it was. I, I like looking at this through kind of a jealous eye. That's interesting to me. He just, he did not want him to step foot in that house again. Nope. He does not like Norma and Chick. Yeah. And it was just that one moment. I know. Next we see Romero walking. He sees a payphone and calls 911 and reports an overdose at the apartment building across the street. Cuts to an ambulance showing up. After the paramedics leave to go to the apartment, Romero hops in the ambulance and steals bandages and stuff. And it cuts to Romero pulling Buckshot out of his stomach and bandaging himself up. Painful scene. It's always painful to watch someone like dig bullets out of them. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Happens so much in the movies and TV. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wonder how much that really happens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was genius of Romero. Yep. Good move. Good move. And, you know, we saw. That's a very painful wound, but not life-threatening unless one of those bark shots gets, like, infected. That would be bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just watching him do that, I thought, how does he know which ones he's gotten and which ones he hasn't? I don't know. You probably just feel, feel around with your fingers and feel a lump. Mm-hmm. I don't want to imagine yeah. ever having to do that ever, ever. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so next we see Norman closing up the motel office. Sheriff Green pulls up and asks if they keep a guest register, the old-fashioned kind that people sign. Norman says they do, and she asks if she can take a look at it. Norman takes her into the office, and she looks through the registry. He asks what she is looking for, and she says she was wondering if Jim Blackwell registered under a false name. And we get an under-the-chin camera shot, just like Psycho, just like in Psycho of Norman looking at the registry with her. With the candy corns. With the candy corns, yes. Uh, she goes back to the registry and says, police work seems silly until it's not so silly. Norman says they get people there from Canyon City all the time. Maybe Blackwell thought of staying there and changed his mind. He says if he was an ex-con, he would write down an address he knew they would find and take off in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's like, Norman. <laughs> Stop trying to be helpful. Stop. <laughs> um, she asked how he knew Blackwell was from Canyon City. He says she told him earlier when they were on his porch. She asked if he has seen an early 90s silver and black Lincoln. He says no. She says that's what he was driving and leaves Norman the plate number and leaves. So I thought this was a little clunky him just putting Canyon City out there. 
Oh, it was awful. I mean, he was so stumbly and stuttery and. Yeah, he has it going for him that especially when he is at that manager desk, he just is like, he has this air of helpfulness uh-huh. and confidence. <laughs> like that little manager badge does that to him. So he kind of has that history where it's a little bit believable, but on the other hand, it's so tropey yes. that he would pull the fact that he would pull Canyon City out, that he probably just glanced at it in the driver's license once. Right. It's just, it's, it's a little much for me. It's a shushy. It, it, it was pretty so shushy, yeah. And a little I, clunky in the writing again. It is, yeah. It's like, I don't know if whoever wrote this episode, I don't know. They They just don't get police dialogue. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. But yeah, if the if the sheriff wasn't suspicious before, I, yeah, she is now. <laughs> Definitely, I think it makes her start digging in to Norman's background and maybe other things like that, and that's kind of where she starts figuring it all out. Right. Or maybe she watches him and yeah. sees him looking for the car. Something. Well, and you know, one thing Norman has going for him because she had a piece of paper, so I'm assuming it was the address that Blackwell had written down. So she has like his handwriting, right? So she's looking yeah. for his handwriting in the registry, and he's not there because he wasn't a guest. Yeah. So, you know, if if she had recognized some handwriting. Then she'd be like, okay, so he was here, but he wasn't there. Right. And why did he have to have an old-fashioned kind of guest registry? Couldn't she just ask to see his records? Yeah, but if you check into a hotel anymore, you don't write anything down. I think she was looking for an example of handwriting. Uh, You know? Okay, you're right. So next we see Norma playing solitaire, and Norman runs in the house looking looking for her. He asks if Jim Blackwell was driving a 90s Lincoln. She says maybe. He says the sheriff was there just asking about it, and she says she hid it in the woods. He says they're going to have to go get rid of it. She says so they can get caught. He says no, they need to get rid of it in a better way than just leaving it in the woods like the remains of a pie we didn't eat at a picnic. He says they are going... (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Whatever, Uh, Norman. (laughs) A pot pie? (laughs) He says they are going, and I honestly found that a little overwritten. (laughs) Yes. I wonder who the writer was. I don't want to dog on the episode too much, because I really liked it, and I found it really captivating. Right, right. I agree. That's the thing. It like had some of the most pivotal scenes, like him killing head Norma in the woods and then not being able to find her at the end. I mean, those are those are really important right. part of his evolution into crazy town, you know. 
Yeah, and it's almost like that is kind of a line Norma would say, but it also kind of stuck out weirdly. Yeah, yeah. So It clunked a little. It, yeah, there was some clunky stuff and some great stuff. Yep. But you're all forgiven for sassy Norma this morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't want to bag on it too much. <laughs> nope. He says they're, they're going and throws her her coat. Cuts to Norma and Norman walking through the woods in the rain. She's complaining and says she took care of the car. She just took off the plate, scratched off the number, and wiped it for fingerprints. She covered the car and covered her tracks. Norman and Norman find the car, and Norman says they should get rid of it and reminds her when Keith Summers' truck was found by their property. She says he is overreacting. He says the police are now looking for the car. She says she threw away the keys. They argue about the car, and he says, maybe you're just sick of me, sick of this whole situation. Maybe she wished she could run off with Romero. She says, yes, that is why I have done all this. Protected you 24-7 just to get caught. He says, she can stop now. She starts screaming, you caught me, I'm still alive. He yells for her to stop, then knocks her down and starts suffocating and strangling her. Suddenly she has those milky dead eyes, and he stops and says, mother? She just lays there, then blinks and gets up and scrambles away from him. She says, what is really going on here, Norman? Why are you... Annoyed with me lately. Why can't I do anything right in your eyes? He says she was right. The car is fine. They should just go home. She tells him to never do that again and starts walking. He says he won't and she turns around and says, Are you coming? He says, Right behind you and starts walking. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin thinking. I, I just find him strangling and suffocating and killing head Norma and then letting her lay dead there for just a little few seconds and then making her come back to life. Mm-hmm. I just, I really find that interesting. It was interesting. And, uh, I don't know. She seems genuinely like, why have you changed? Right. But, you know, I've always maintained that she knows all so she knows about Madeline she knows he has a crush on her she knows he gave her the dresses right yeah so it's almost like she's just challenging him but she also kind of seems genuinely wondering she, what's going on yeah that's another really weird interesting level of this like like her asking when she, during the restaurant scene, you know, when she's climbing out the window and she goes, do you like me anymore? You know, mm-hmm. it's like head Norma's a little self-aware. I don't know. It's just, I love it. Yeah. And then she tells him to never do that again. And it was almost like a threat. Right. Right. And he's like, I won't, you know, he's like back to mm-hmm. you're in charge. Yeah. You're right. I did bad. You know, right behind you, <laughs> right behind you. You know best. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, okay, so next we see Norman is this, sleep. Is this the scene where he says, well done? Did you notice he says, well done again, just like he told the orderly last season? I know he says that. I don't... Yeah, maybe it was this scene. I just had to make a note of that. Yep. Yeah, that's a very Norman thing to say. Yes, I loved it. <laughs> reminded me of that Nikki scene. <laughs> well done. <laughs> awesome. Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you too. 
<laughs> well, I still mean it. <laughs> oh, oh, Dickie, we hardly knew you. I know. We, we loved you. Dickie is my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope maybe I'll get a whole scene with Dickie. <laughs> he comes to live. <laughs> Would be amazing. <laughs> I'll have to write the fan fiction if we don't get yeah. it. <laughs> Norman Chick and Dickie all living together with Head Norma. <laughs> I write this whole like series of fan fiction all around Dickie. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Be amazing. Okay. Um, next we see Norman sleeping and his cell phone rings and it's Madeline. She thanks him for the dresses. They fit great, and she gets a great vibe from his mom off of them. She invites him over for dinner. Sam's gone. She's bored. He says yes, and we'll be there at 7. That vibe thing was weird. And it was almost like they vibed some sort of, like, sexual tension. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where her game is. I mean, I think I do, but yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we see Norman drive up to an industrial slash scrapyard place. He knocks on the door of a camper and Chick answers. Well, you hear a lot of noise inside and then Chick answers. <laughs> <laughs> how did Chick, I mean, how did Norman know where to find Chick? I had to shush that. <laughs> that is a big shusher. Yeah. Somehow he knows where Chick lives. <laughs> <laughs> he knows which row in the scrapyard it is. <laughs> I know. Walk right to him. <laughs> um, Chick says he didn't think Norman wanted to hang out anymore. Norman says he is overreacting. Norman asks if he can come in. Chick says yes and tells Norman to wipe his feet. Uh, Chick tells Norman he is writing a suspense novel. That could be a good movie in the right hands. Har-har-har. So, yeah, a little nod to Psycho. Um, Norman asks Chick if he knows how to hotwire a car. Chick says yes. Norman asks if he knows how to get rid of a car. He has heard of chop shops and asks Chick if he knows of these places. Chick says, what did you do? Norman says he just wants to get rid of a car. Chick says it seems unnecessary and elaborate. Yeah. Norman says... He can do it himself and gets up. Chick says, I know a place. I know a guy with a place and a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the addition of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) What's the thing? (laughs) Like one of those car crushers or something? (laughs) Uh, Chop. Machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he tells Norman he needs to know what he did. Norman says it's her. It's mother. She's out of control. She thinks she knows what's best and she does not. Chick says, I see. Norman says there is something very, very wrong with her. <laughs> he has tried to help, but she is going to ruin them if he doesn't rein her in. Chick says maybe he can help. Norman says no. And thanks Chick for all of his help and says he has been a good friend and leaves. So, oh man. I think like this conversation with Norman had to have left Chick 
really unsettled. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you're right that Chick just realizes there's so much more going on here than I ever thought, you know? Uh-huh. So, very interesting. Yeah. Um... And it's just weird to see Norman talk to someone who he who's in on the secret of mother being alive because he just talks about her as if she is. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and we've seen him go down this road. I mean, I need some help with this woman. There's something really wrong. She needs to be reined in. Uh Uh-huh. Don't know how to do it. Yeah. He went, he got humble, you know. Right. Interesting when that happens. Because he can be a real dickhead <laughs> when he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has these humble, vulnerable moments. And yeah. That's interesting. So next we see Norman walking around the stairs all dressed up. Norma's in the living room. Norman says they need to talk. Norman says he's going to Madeline's for dinner. She says, what if she thinks that is a bad idea? He says he is not interested. They've been on opposite sides lately. She says they both have free will. He will do what he wants to do, and she will do what she wants to do. He says she's not doing anything about Madeline and asks her to promise him. She says she promises to protect him. He says he doesn't need protection from Madeline. He says he's going to dinner, and she needs to accept that he is in charge of his own life now. He knows they made this arrangement, but, and she says, ah. He says just to let him do what he needs to do. She doesn't need to say anything, and he says, see you later, and leaves. Okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because with Miss Watson, with Bradley, it's like, well, every time he leaves the house, Norm is always, <clears throat> he always has her sitting in that front room. <laughs> Right. Just waiting for him to leave. And he always has to confront her. And we know that this is his mind confronting his own mind, you know. Right. And so this time he, like, took the initiative to just take control. And without her stopping him, trying to sneak out, he just sits down and gives it to her straight. And it's like... You know, you think with Blair Watson when they started having sex and then with Bradley when they started making out, she just appears and it's like, I know you do this every time I start, you know, <laughs> with a woman. And just telling her that she you don't need to do anything. Right. <laughs> and I know. it. And then he's like, she's like, I'll protect you. He's like, I don't need protection for Madeline. <laughs> it's like, don't. Right. I love that. How he's like, you don't need to do anything. It's self-aware. Promise me, promise me that you won't. And she goes, I promise I'll protect you. So she doesn't promise what he's right. asking her to promise. <laughs> it's like he's self-aware and not self-aware at the same time. It's really interesting. Yep. It really is. And I I really think her little line about the free will, like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You're going to do what you're going to do. It's like, we're two separate people in the same brain. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and it's just so interesting how at the end she, he, he can't find her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting conversation right there, I thought. Yeah. 
So then it cuts to Norman on Madeline's porch holding flowers. She opens the door wearing Norma's blue and white dress. Norman stares at her and she apologizes and says she shouldn't have worn it. He says she looks wonderful. It just shocked him for a moment. She says she tried it on. She says she tried it on and it felt like second skin. She says she made Coco Vaughn for dinner. Cuts to them finishing dinner. He says it was wonderful. She says it's nice to cook. Sam is always gone and it seems like a waste of time and effort to cook for just one. He asks how Sam is. She says fine. The deal in Seattle is almost done and things should settle down after that. He asks if she talked to him about how she was feeling. She says no, that was just a bad day. He says they all have bad days when they wonder what is real and not real. She says, do you have days like that? (laughs) You have no (laughs) idea, lady. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, are you sure we all have days where we wonder what's real and not real? (laughs) I don't remember having one of those days. (laughs) (laughs) A little projection, perhaps. He says yes, he thinks it's the nature of relationships. They shift constantly, they change shape, sometimes even minute to minute. It's hard to know what's real unless it's right in front of you and you're experiencing it. They stare at each other and he says she should talk to Sam. She doesn't say anything, then asks if he wants to make a cake. They can watch a movie and eat cake. He says he'd love to. First off, Madeline disappointed me again that she was listening to the Lumineers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought... Really mainstream hipster music? <laughs> a little on really? the nose. <laughs> really, Madeline? <laughs> well, would something like Billie Holiday have been too on the nose? Yeah, too? yeah, it would have been, actually. So it was almost like, I don't know, I had to rethink Madeline. Because I would have expected her to play some of the old records like Norman. Norman would do. Right. Instead, she picked like the most mainstream hipster music in the world. <laughs> Yeah, Norman's little little insight on what he thinks relationships are and things that are real and unreal <laughs> was insightful <laughs> into Norman's brain. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> um, and she's doing the uh, bored wife thing. The well, this deal's almost done, so. <laughs> Things will slow down after that. No, yeah. there's going to be something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just, I just think, I don't know, it's kind of another, I don't want to say clunky part of the episode, but just him saying that, and then the next scene with those two, he's experiencing that real and what's real and not real. It's just like, hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So, cuts to the outside of a house. We see a woman walk out holding a baseball bat. It's Key Summer's sister, Maggie. Romero is out there. She asks what he is doing there. He asks if anyone else is there, and she says no. And he asks if he can come in. And she helps him inside. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good plan. And I made up a little story on the spot. Just a little background that she's always had a crush on him. And the fact that she was alone was like, it's because she's always had a crush <laughs> since <It's>, childhood. <laughs> it is not uncommon for a sister to have a crush on a brother's friend. 
No, that's very Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's Ginny Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I just wonder. <laughs> that was just what my head did. Yep. Um, okay, so then we see Norman and Madeline making a cake. He helps her measure milk. The cake making gets kind of weirdly sexual. Lunky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really awkward and I don't know. It was like a fifth grader wrote it. Yeah, I know. It was really bad. It really was bad. Just. I mean, you could chalk it up to the characters being like clunky themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. And part not knowing of it. where they stand in each other's eyes and they both want. To get together, but it's like, she's married, so Norman's like, and she's like, how do I, I, know. Uh, I tell this guy I, I've been talking about my husband a lot, you know? I know. I think it's part that and really part just bad writing. It was, it was just bad and awkward uh, and weird. It, it was painful. It was one of the most painful moments I think I've seen on the show. I in think so, here. too. And, and I really think... I think we could have gotten the same sense from them without any of the words. We're in the milk now. Yeah. And now it's mixing. I know. It's like, we're going to put ah! the cake in. You know, it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Sue no likey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think with just a couple looks and maybe a lingering touch. Yeah. We would have gotten the... Wish they had those too. I know. (laughs) We didn't need both. So... We did not at all. Yeah. Boo. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even write it down because it was like so bad. No, no, no. It didn't need to be repeated. It's seared in my brain forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Madeline kisses Norman they start making out and suddenly Norman sees mother uh, he steps away from Madeline she asks what's wrong and Norman pictures mother grabbing a knife and slitting Madeline's throat Madeline falls to the floor and Norman looks at her lying there dead then we see Madeline sitting on the counter just fine Norman says he has to leave and starts running out of the house Madeline chases him apologizing Norman runs out of the house hops into the Mercedes and drives off Cuts to Norman running into the Bates house, and it's completely dark. Norman runs around looking for Mother, and she is not there. Ends with Norman standing in the kitchen, and he looks into the camera. Well, same thing about the cake making. Mm-hmm. They found another hipster song, but they did a lot better. They dug a lot deeper this time. <laughs> <laughs> they used a Daniel Johnston song. Are you familiar with him? Nope. He, so there was like a Sundance movie about him, a documentary about him called like The Devil and Daniel Johnson. And so he's, he's a folk singer songwriter. Um, I think he's, he's probably in his 50s, 60s right now. Mm-hmm. He's always been underground, but the thing about him is he's schizophrenic and he's like mentally about 12, they say. Oh, interesting. And so he's pretty underground. Like a lot of his recordings are like just tapes 
that he like recorded in his parents' basement. Oh. And I found it an interesting choice because he spent a lot of his life in a mental institution. Oh, interesting. And, well, there's things like you've, he's popped up in pop culture. There's a very famous, um, so his albums, I, I don't know if all of them or some are like drawings he did. And Kurt Cobain once wore a shirt of one of his drawings album covers. Oh, uh, okay. And that was like a famous Kurt Cobain moment. um anyway i just found it interesting they used a schizophrenic song yeah that's wondering if that was just a little winky for anyone that might get that i'm sure it was i'm sure it was if he's that of an underground you know yeah, and in fact, that's I had just, watched... That's not a coincidence, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I had heard about that movie and was really interested to see it, and I tried to find it once years ago, and I found, like, parts of it on YouTube, and mm-hmm. so I and I never watched the whole thing, but it was really good. And I looked just after this aired, and I heard, and I got all jogged about Daniel Johnston. Um, I looked. It's not on Netflix, and it's not on Amazon. It's pretty hard to find but i don't know i guess if you look around you may be able to find it but i recommend it and i think i'll pursue it again and finish it if you find it let me know sounds interesting okay anyway clunky okay we've talked quite a bit about this scene we just don't (laughs) we just they left it definitely ambiguous yeah yeah we don't quite know what it means that he couldn't find her i think i think part of it I mean, the best idea I have is that he's just lost control of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this almost felt like a mid-season finale where they'd take a break. Right. I am even wondering, are they coming back next week? Do we know for sure? I have no idea. Not that the show really takes breaks anyway, but if they did, this seems like a point. Right, right. Because it just, it's that teetering onto the precipice of like everything right like i think everything's gonna change Mm -hmm. from here on out like yeah i think he's gonna do what he's gonna do and she's gonna do what she's gonna do (laughs) 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 and the sheriff's coming and yep romero's in town now chick is suspicious yep it's all gonna go to shit to quote norman (laughs) it is so, yeah, I mean, that's what's frustrating with this episode is, like, some really great stuff happened, but, man, there was some clunky scenes. Yeah, and, you know, the clunkiness, it, it didn't change my overall opinion of the episode, I don't think, okay. to be honest. I still enjoyed it a lot and found it fascinating. I just yeah. had to shush some things. Yeah. Yeah, I I put it at like a three and a half. Yeah, I guess because four seems well, maybe even a three. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I had a really hard time with some of the dialogue. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go three. Okay, I'll go three three and a half. Yeah, I'll put it up a little higher. I'll go three. Um, not quite a cup cup of milk (laughs) 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 and a dry measuring cup (laughs) 
few of you are fakers, there was some egregious things happening, not just with the dialogue. <laughs> there was liquids measured in dry measuring cups and not even full cups. They're going to have one very dry doughy cake mix yes. on their hands. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and my what the bip is just mm, what the bip was up with some of the writing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> my what the bip is what's happening next. I mean, yeah, just it's so uh, ambiguous. It is, and there's the what the bip of what did it mean when he killed Head Norma in the woods and then brought her back to life. That is pretty poignant. I mean. Mm. You know, I think yeah. That's... It also could just be a little regret, yeah, and a her showing him, meh. yeah. This could be what happens. Yeah, I'm sure Madeline's alive. I don't think I. I'm sure all the throat slitty stuff was the not real stuff. Yeah, that was a. I agree. I mean, there. I guess there's a chance, but I don't think so. And it's it's really interesting to watch that scene through Madeline's eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I bet she just feels so, so stupid. I mean, just picture it. You're kissing this guy, he's totally into it, and then he all of a sudden just, like, <laughs> breaks away, looks at you terrified. <laughs> like says this isn't good and runs and just books it out of your house drops in his car and tries away <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh boy that that was bad <laughs> yep oh <laughs> I never want to see you again please <laughs> can I drop off the planet <laughs> Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens between those two again. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's going to come apologizing. I mean, she could chalk it off. Up. I mean, he she is married, and it it could be explained away that Norman suddenly realized what he was doing, and it was like, I got to get out of here right now, because you are married, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I've met your husband, and you <laughs> saw the tension between yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified of us. <laughs> this will not end well. I've got to go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see the next one. Should we... I watched... The next week's on. Oh, good. During one of our hour-long breaks. (laughs) (laughs) You won't know this thing, but... (laughs) We've been recording for, like, on and off for, like, five hours. Yes. We've had the worst computer problems. I hate Windows. (laughs) Yes. And old computers. Old, cheap computers. Anyway. um, So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's do a spoiler and then All right. I gotta get on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't wanna stick around for any spoilers, um 
Thanks for listening. If you want to send in feedback, you can send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. we got six episodes left. Yeah, only a few more chances to get a room get at a one room. of our famous virtual <laughs> hotels. <Yeah. laughs> um, so yeah, if you're not into spoilers, then we will talk to you next week. Chill your own ass. Yep. That's why I've done all of this. That's why I've protected your ass 24-7 just so I can get okay, caught. Okay, mother, well done. You can stop now. All right, you know what? Come and find us! Mother? We're right here. Put us in prison, please. We've been lying about everything. Mother? Okay? I'm not really dead. I just faked my suicide. I know, bad idea. We want out. My name is Norma Bates, and I'm still
Okay, so spoiler? Yeah, so... There's really Nick... only one thing to talk about, I think, in the spoiler. And that's Dr. Edwards. Yeah, so we're getting our wish. I'm so glad, because that was my, like, major season shusher. Yep. Like, I'm not going to be happy if I have to shush this <laughs> Dr. Edwards thing. So I couldn't be more delighted. Yes. So we see Norman with Dr. Edwards, talking to him like at Dr. Edwards' office or something. Yes, and what's more is you can hear him talking about, doesn't he like explicitly say he's knows he's mother? I think he really yeah. had some clarification at the end there. I think so, too. So... So, Dr. Edwards, we need some explanation yeah. here. Have they... Has Norman been seeing him this whole time, then, do you think? I don't know. Do you think Dr. Edwards was not told, and Norman has kept that from him? That it he's is possible. I guess it's possible. But we... um, He was so good last season. Mm-hmm. That's why it's hard to believe... That Norman could put something over on him at this point. Like that. That big. For a year and a half. Yeah. So, but, but the agreement was to see him like two or three times a week. (laughs) Yeah. So. Something, I have to believe something is, was off about that. Yeah. Like, no way that's happening. Right. So, I, I'm sure there are. We will get an explanation. There's no way he's just going to be at Dr. Edwards and they're not going to have a... Right. Wow, Norman, it's been a really long time since I've seen you. Or, you know, how you've been doing since last week when I talked to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's one or the other. (laughs) Yeah, it's just unbelievable that if Norman just stopped going, he wouldn't have, like, come to do, like, a well check. He would have had to. He would have had to kind of obligated to absolutely norman was a disassociative personality disorder and the one was quite murderous right (laughs) so (laughs) and his mother died (laughs) under suspicious circumstances (laughs) well yeah unless you know i should trust the show they i I know i do that's the thing they do pretty good you know what if they if what they say is that Dr. Edwards knows Norma is dead and believes it was a suicide, which I find hard that he would believe, but maybe that is what he believes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he knows. I don't know. We'll just... Guess, well, we just have no idea. I can't wait to see. <laughs> yeah. So... Anything else from the, the only thing I remember, I only watched it once, and I just remember, like, the Dr. Edward stuff. Well, he is in the sheriff's office. Oh, that's right, that's right. I forget what they say, but it looks a little more formal. Mm-hmm. So she either found something, or she's just, she's digging. Maybe they found the car. Maybe. And also... Marion Crane was driving in the rain. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And it looked very psycho. Yep. So. 
So Marion's coming too. Marion's coming. These last six episodes. I know. Wow. So, all right. Well. Good stuff. Good stuff. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Me too. All right. All right. Well, let's let's end this (laughs) marathon. Let's do, please. (laughs) All right. Well, if you stuck around for spoilers, we'll talk to you next week. Oh, I just checked it out. It is next week, March 20th, and it's called Dreams Die First. Oh, should we read it? Norman tries to piece together mother's movements. In Seattle, Dylan and Emma confront an ugly truth. Hmm? Mm. Sam's girlfriend, Marion, makes an impulsive decision with far-reaching consequences. Ooh, Ooh, I wonder what those consequences are. (laughs) (laughs) Shower, shower, stabby, stabby. (laughs) Stabby, stabby. Need a new shower curtain again. Um, (laughs) Good thing I bought that box of them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, I wonder if the truth that Dylan and Emma confront is a... I wonder if Dylan tells her about the earring stuff. Yeah, maybe. That might be it. And Norman tries to piece together where Mother's been, so he has, like, lost control over. I bet she disappears. I bet she does. She must have made the choice to disappear into his brain. Yep. And not talk to him. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he obviously blacks out because the first thing you see in the preview is him saying it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good getting into the car. Right. Right. Boy, and she did say, I'll just wait till you black out. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I'm sure he's blacked out at that moment because that was totally normal. We know that's a normal line. Right. Yes. I wonder if she was going... I got to watch the preview again because I wonder if she was going into... Like, she got called in by the sheriff. Maybe he did, and she takes over, and she's really nervous. So I want to watch it again and see if it sounds like Mother talking to the sheriff. You know, it would be just like Mother to take over if he's in a situation like at the sheriff's office. Yeah. She would take over, because she always answered when they were seeing that one therapist, like in season one. Mm, yeah you know she would answer all the questions and he's like let's let norman answer you know right she does that oh oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be good oh i'm excited (laughs) okay all right all right so okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll talk to you later all right bye. bye It's recording. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's worth it, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Man, I was joking when I said in our messages yesterday, all right, we'll start around 9, deal with recording problems, and actually record around 10. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that as a half joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, you know. There's reality there. Yep. Okay. Well, it was worth it because it is recording. So. I swear I hear a little noise. Do you? I do not. <laughs> so yeah. Does it sound like it's coming from me? I don't know.
Okay, well, let me... I've got my compute, my laptop plugged in. Let me... I just unplugged it. Did that do anything? It did. Really? Okay. Is yours doing that now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Why? we're both the max. <laughs> Why are we so plagued? Okay, well, I have a full battery, so... We should be good. I'll just keep it unplugged. Okay. Yeah, I'm at 99%, so... We'll see how long that lasts, though. (laughs) 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 So... Okay, well... It's five year anniversary of the Radiohead concert I went to in Arizona. (laughs) And I've been reliving it with my friend Daniel, who I only met because he went to the concert too. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. You guys are such nerds. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) He lives in Salt Lake and he. He gets to go to, like, about five every time they tour. Oh, wow. So envious of him. Wow. Stupid kids and husband. (laughs) Kitten wave my radio head. (laughs) Stupid kids and husband. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Daniel doesn't have kids. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> All right. Should we get started? Yeah, better do it. All right. Um it's my turn to do the intro, I think. Yes. Okay. And then There, we got a quick little from Vicky about Dr. Edwards is on now on Criminal Minds. True, except I saw a preview. Uh, the preview? No. I watched it. Sweet. So we get some Dr. Edwards? Yeah, he's on. Oh, nice. Okay. So okay. Well, let's just not even, let's just leave that for spoiler then. Okay. So I'll start with, um, after I do the intro, I'll read Julia. Hold on. My call recorder is stopped at one minute. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. The one that you paid for? Yeah. Have you sent them any feedback? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have not. Let me close it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello? 